Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Peter community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening okay. to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? To light your dickhead. So that cool urban vibe can mean only one thing. We've asked someone cooler than us to create a theme show tune. I'm Ross from Friends. <laughs> and I'm Chandler from Raymond Chandler's Books. Could he be any more happy to be here? Hey, how are you doing, Luke? It's uh, the Luke right. and Pete Shaw, and my name's Pete Donaldson, and I'm with my friend Luke Moore. Extended colleagues, I would Extended say. Extended yeah. colleagues. We've known each other quite a while. Long time. We still don't hate each other. Too, lo- mm, too yeah. long. Peaks and troughs. Peaks uh, and troughs. Episode 15. Episode 15 of the Luke and Pete Shaw. 15 is an, ep- is an album title from the band Buckcherry. <laughs> I was not expecting a reference to the band Buckcherry, but I got it and I enjoyed it, Luke. Thank hard, you for that. Hard rock, turn of the century uh, band Buckcherry. Turn of the fucking stomach, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Good. I can't even think of a single one of their songs. I'm all right. Mm. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Uh, when you when I hear the word Buckcherry, I think of the band The Saw Doctors, a band I have no idea what songs they do. I'd never heard them before, uh, but they were always in the section where the Spin Doctors were in WH Smith back in the day, and when I wanted to buy my Spin Doctors CDs, they were always in the way. Um, two things I can give you about The Saw Doctors. One right. is they always used to play uh, Glastonbury. 
Yeah. Don't know if they still do. Okay. Two, they're Irish. That's it. Oh, is, are they Irish? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, I believe so. Well, I believe so. Well, I'm learning something already. As an Irishman yourself, how do you feel about that? <laughs> we're only a minute into the uh, into the show. Did, did we talk about my Irish heritage? That I did a spit in the tube thing, um, and I found out that I was more Irish than I thought. No, you haven't told me that, but you do a, you do a good line in... in spending money for no good reason. Well, that, definitely, yeah, and you genuinely <laughs> do, but also in, in doing things and then not telling me, and they're always of really good interest. So I always thought that you... You were of Welsh descent. I am. My mum's Welsh, but then I did that spit in a tube and find out where you're from DNA mm. test. And uh, does it, it give says, your address and everything? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, apparently I'm one uh, percent Polynesian. I don't know where <laughs> the hell really that, cool. I mean, that's very specific, isn't it? Very good. One yeah. percent Polynesian, um, pretty much something like sixty percent English, and the rest is Irish. And I had no idea. And I said, "Ma'am, apparently I'm quite Irish." She said, "Yeah, both your uh, great granddads were Irish." Right. I was like, "Well, I could have said myself something good there." My Dickheads. my wife has my um, wife. My wife is of Italian and Irish descent as uh. well, and she did. Tw- is it twenty three and me? Is that the company you used? Uh, it was no, it was like uh, Ancestry.co.uk. I think okay, it, is. I think she it used, probably goes to the same lab. Let's face it. I think she used twenty three and me. I think I think um, she had like a one or two percent um, sub-Saharan African in there. Oh, so I think it, does, it really go. is. It really is a melting pot. <laughs> the, wor- the world in which we 2%. occupy. Two percent. Yeah, there you go. I'm not, I'd love to do it, by the way, because I, 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 my great aunt researched my family tree, and um, two facts that came out about it. One was that um, she found a man in the census. Right. Around the mid to late 19th century, whose occupation was imbecile. What, his occupation? Was it wasn't yeah. like a town idiot? Just listed, just listed as imbecile, yeah. Right. And, um, Is that sec- an occupation? Secondly, I think we, I had some Romany, some travelling Romany. Uh, uh, so I'd, li- I'd like to, not to know about it, but listen, I haven't checked it. So. I've seen your car, it's two, two halves of different cars. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did used to have a car that was two halves and I didn't know. A cotton shot? Yeah, for wow. about a couple of years, yeah. Uh, the TV show Dream Team. Uh, do you remember the TV show Dream Team? I do. Uh, do you remember Shane from Boyzone? Yes, I do, yeah. He once turned up to the filming of uh, Dream Team with um, two halves of two different cars. And I think we all know how that was going to end. Wow. So, yeah. How do you know that? Uh, because uh, an ex-girlfriend's uh, brother used to write for Dream Team and he was told uh, never to change his haircut in between se- in between filming. And uh, one time he turned up with a completely different haircut. Uh, and he said, I got paint in it! So, so the joke. So the joke is, he was told not to get a haircut, but he got a haircut. It's not a joke. It was it's really happening. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to just filling while I just turn the temperature in the studio down a little bit? I'm I can't warm. figure out how to do. I've, I tried turning it down. Uh, it started making a crazy noise, and it kind of went kaput. I could smell burning, but that could just mean me having a stroke. I don't know. But it's. I'll give it a go. I'll see how you go. Right, there we go. See yeah. how we go. T- you got a very thick weave on. I know I have. So yeah. We've only just got through summer, mate. To on be my honest. head, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> all over. Um, and all do, over it's peach been? fuzz. Should we do it's been? Let's go, it's been. Hey, hey, check this out, Luke. It's been. That is a perfect volume. Almost a temperature. Perfect volume. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect temperature. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm very impressed with that, Pete. Well done, mate. It's all right. Well done. Yeah, I've got a thick shirt on today. I'm just, I don't really know why. I think I got carried away thinking it's the end of the summer when it isn't necessarily yet. Uh, it's kind of about half and half, isn't it? And I've got a cold as well, so I'm up and down. I've just come back from doing the announcements for the Q Awards. Right. And I think I took too many calls and flu and uh, I I think I swore too much in the announcements uh, well I when, when I was with you earlier you mm. to fight off the cold and flu you ate in my presence an entire chilli pepper yeah with the seeds yeah I, I, I styled it out but in, in reality I was, you were struggling I, 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 I knew you were it you worked kept, though it worked 
It worked. You kept sipping from the water, I remember seeing. But yeah, that's not you're gonna, if you're going to eat a chilli, you're going to sip a little bit of water. But Come that's on, not no. what you're supposed to do. Everyone, should, everyone listening out there will probably know this already, but in case you don't, water is not what you're supposed to have when you have chilli. Well, there's milk in it. It's milk or yogurt, yeah. Yogurt. It's just yogurt Just on in the, case you've got some yogurt on around. A little petty in your pocket. What are you playing at, you pervert? So do you want to go first? Or shall I go uh, first? You go first if you want. Yeah. All right. All right. I went to Dragon Con in Atlanta, Oh, yes. Georgia. You went to some kind of Comic-Con thing where people dress up as things. It was blooming magnificent. <laughs> it was excellent. It was really good fun. The, um, last, the last time I went to one of those, so I went to a video game conference called Gamescom in uh, Germany, and uh, the smell. Right. Well, it's <laughs> when one of they, just when, men. When they let the public in, it was, oh, it was BO Central. The, yeah, I think the difference between these types of things in, in Europe and then in the US is in the US, they genuinely are almost 50-50 men and women. Yes, that's the, yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really part of the, the main, it's not even really subcultural, I would say, but it's just main culture now. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not necessarily, or if it is a nerdy thing, then I guess it's as many female nerds as it is male nerds. Um, but it's, it's a fascinating place. I mean, it's in Atlanta, a few hotels out there, um, the Hyatt, the Marriott, and the Hilton, and they all, right. they all link together through a different um, sort of, I guess, a walkway type thing, mm. or a series of walkways. And um, there's 82,000 people there, so it's very, very busy. Is, but, in the hotels, is there like a rule against um, uh, body paint? Because I imagine no. all the fixtures just covered in like... Yeah. If you dress as like one of the... the who's that blue X-Men lady? <laughs> I can't remember her I name. I can't remember. It's uh, not really my area. Uh, Phantasm, I'm going to say. Yeah, that's definitely what she's called, yeah. Blue. She's blue. Uh, she's covered in blue. And she's going to blow... She's going to blow everything. There's quite <laughs> blow a, everything. Speaking of blue, there are quite a lot of people dressed as the guy... In Guardians of the Galaxy with the whistling arrow. And oh, that's, that's a, pretty cool. And that's yeah, all blue, yeah, that's yeah, all blue yeah. paint. You, it's a good point, actually. I didn't think about it at the time. Um, there was loads of people with body paint on them. Mm. And I didn't see anything come off anywhere. Right, okay. so, but um, it, it was interesting because in the evening, it's basically just a party where everyone gets drunk but dressed as characters. Right. And there were some genuinely impressive characters. One guy um, who's a good friend of my brother-in-law who was there. Um, he 3D printed an entire Wally costume. You which, showed me that, and it looked very, very good. It was built around a mobility scooter. It's <laughs> yeah, a ma- that's right. It was definitely a bit bulkier than I remember but Wally. The thing is, though, Pete, inside it, he had um, so we had two com- a dead ca- body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had two cameras on the outside, so we could see where he was going, ah. powered by an iPad that he was had in his hand, and it had a fan in it as well. Amazing! And, and he 3D printed the whole thing. And then you, Not the iPad, <laughs> but yeah, you know. But, um, but it, was, it was really cool. You him, when, you pu- when you pushed him down the stairs, that I mean, that was <laughs> it was it was uncalled for in hindsight. Uncalled- but I'd taken on, I'd taken on Folly board. Like. <laughs> I'd taken on board a lot of alcohol. But, <laughs> so everyone just gets drunk in the main areas. I thought it was just like a. Uh, are there like panels and stuff? Yeah. About, so right? in the evening, it's a bit of a party, right? And during the day, there are panels. And I went to a couple of fascinating panels. And the one I want to tell you about for those who haven't attended or, or know what it is, it's like Comic Con, but I'd say it's probably got a little bit more of a science. Bent in Comic Con, right? Okay, um, and um, this one, I, this panel I went to, uh, was with a professor in cryptography from somewhere I forget where, um, who did a talk on the world's oldest unsolved codes. Okay, right, yeah. It, have I told you about this? Uh, well, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was Maybe you did, but it was in code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't uh, decipher what I was saying. <laughs> so, so essentially. 
she gave a list of I think about eight or ten of the of the world's oldest surviving unsolved codes. Right. So either through a combination of not really knowing where to start with them and what they're even for, yes, to uh, more modern ones that are just have evaded um, solving for for a while. So like the Voyn- is it the Voynich the Voynich manuscript, manuscript is one of them. Yeah, okay, so the yeah, Voynich yeah. manuscript is um, a a book which appears to be a guide to something. It's got a lot of mm. intricate paintings of flowers and, and herbal mm. stuff in it, but it's in a completely different language mm. and it doesn't really seem to be any any sort of form to it. And the uh, Guardian tough word search. Yeah, and one of, yeah, one of them was actually the, um, the Sudoku in uh, the Saturday <laughs> Sun. Yeah, which I, I, I was I was keen to get involved with, but it was beyond mm. me too. And uh, no, one of them... And the though, appeal of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah that... That is a that, that is will a, never be cracked. That is a conundrum. There was no one. There was no one dressed as anything to do with the Big Bang Theory. Oh, there. really? And there was also no one dressed as Avatar, which surprised me. Uh, again, I mean, the Avatar characters are about seven foot tall, though, aren't my, they? My, 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 my wife said, "Yeah, don't overestimate. It's impossible to underestimate exactly how little t- cultural impact Avatar had as a film." <laughs> which is fair enough. But the, 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 one of the codes which I found particularly fascinating was a code, uh, an unsolved code on a sculpture um, in the CIA building right called cryptos cryptos and, and the cia when they commissioned this piece of art to sit in the grounds of langley virginia mm. commissioned a, a sculpture and they wanted a code in it ah. and the guy who designed it designed the code so difficult that no one's been able to solve it i mean to be fair you you're in the big leagues if you're having to you know make a make a code for the cia mm. you could just make it up and go and people would be like well i, I can't solve but what, this but what i was thinking well that is possible but what i was thinking was it's in the grounds right and you can see it from the work cafeteria they don't want to be someone closing the lunch break as well but that's probably why it's the last thing they it's want to be doing old, isn't it? Yeah. I'm working all day already <laughs> so anyway if you, if you have sold either the Voynich Manuscript or Kryptos yeah. or um, any of those ancient ones from, from Egypt and, to get in touch yeah there's one, from, one, one that was discovered on Crete as well which I thought to myself it was these two tablets with these codes on them mm. but I thought I don't even know if you can tell if that's a code or not well it, it's just people messing around yeah would you, would you remember in the 80s there was like this that big there was a big uh, vogue for uh, hidden treasure and stuff and there was that yeah. rabbit it was like a golden rabbit or some wank like that and it was just it was like a it was a book I think and uh, somewhere in the UK, a rabbit, a golden rabbit or platinum rabbit was uh, buried and it was worth like sorry, 20 grand, 30 grand, something hope? like that. No, it, no, I think it actually existed, but uh, it really did uh, capture everyone's imagination. I ju- with stuff like that, I was playing a video game recently and they had one of those uh, kind of, uh, one of those kind of like clues, oh, uh, five women in a room, uh, they each have a, uh, a piece of... Um, a piece of cloth, a piece of fabric, what colours. Uh, the, the one with the red is sat next to someone from England and the one on the right, and it's just really confusing. I'm like, I can't be bothered. No. Like, no. my time is too... Well, it's not. It's not too valuable, but I just can't yeah. be bothered with it. I can't be bothered with riddles. Yeah, the, I can't be bothered with magic. I don't like magic, really. It's just a fact, waste of everyone's time. The fact that you can't be bothered with it is absolutely your decision, but please do not make out to me or our listeners that you've got other things on, because that is not true. Um, I get confused with the little, ma- the little maze in the uh, Screwball Scramble. I, yeah. I take the lid off that. <laughs> so I can see what's going on. Yeah, it's, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. The, um, Thinking laterally. I, 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 I work for a company who I won't name because they haven't paid to be sponsored, right. um, who did quite an interesting... The thing. SS. No, well, no, 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 no. Peter. 
where they um, this company dropped. It was a football-based company, and they dropped right. a parachute payment, a, literally a payment from a parachute somewhere in the UK. Oh, and you, that you, is... first, you first to find it, you got to keep it. Right. I uh, didn't get permission from the landowner, so the farmer kicked off. And uh, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of silly bother could have been avoided was not avoided. That's the thing with um, balloons. Have you ever been in a balloon before? Hot air balloon, no. Hot air balloons, because you can't really, uh, with any level of accuracy, figure out where you're going to land. You can right. sort of roughly know where you're going to land, but okay. you're probably going to miss by a good mile or something. Right. Uh, and if you land on the farmer's, you know, corn patch or whatever, the bloke invariably who is running the balloon thing yeah. uh, usually has a bottle of whiskey in his. Uh, oh right, okay. so he pays off a landlord with a bottle of whiskey, maybe hundred quid or something. He's like, oh, sorry, I crushed your I child. Know, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know they called them corn patches. <laughs> the old so, corn patches. Yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. like you put on a veruca. <laughs> um, uh, what's your it's been? Hit me. Uh, well, I, well, well, two things. Uh, I went to a dog show over the weekend. Oh, good, excellent, and, uh, always I fun. Judged, I judged the best uh, dog, the best dog that's good with kids. You judged, you judged a dog show. I judged, I helped judge. You're a not dog qualified. Show. No, no, I've never had a dog. Did you tell them that? <laughs> it was me, my mate Sarah, and Sunita from the 80s, who got changed into a dress and stilettos, uh, and the dress was made of dog biscuits. What, well, actual she... dog biscuits? No, I think they're like vinyl. Fake ones, okay, I mean, yeah, But yeah. I mean, how, what's a dog doing or no. one way or the other? Well, smell, sense of smell, very good sense of smell. Yeah, good point, dog, good yeah. point. But uh, yeah, I had a lovely time just hanging out with dogs. Welcome, welcome to the dog show, where you dog, your dogs are going to be judged, and where one of the judges has never, has owned never even dog. owned a dog. <laughs> You're not an authority on this. Yeah, I, and to be honest, uh, a radio DJ judging a dog show that involves children, not a good luck. No, it isn't. Not a good luck. It reminds me a bit of when Alan Partridge did the uh, voice of the fate. Fire, <laughs> fire, the fair's just, on fire. I just don't like people in. For, for, uh, for, for those who are, for the avoidance of doubt, Pete was not at any stage implemented in Operation U-Tree. No. And doesn't expect to be in the future. <laughs> who got the Who got the best uh, award? What, I dog was won? really taken with, uh, it was a rescued dog the, from the Ukraine. Okay. So uh, they're, they're playing. They're playing the sympathy card. They shouldn't be allowed to say that. I know. And there was well, there was, a, there was a fluffy dog. I think. Like, thing is, I don't know what the breed of the dogs are. So, so <laughs> basically, they said, uh, "All right, so which one do you like the best?" And they said, "Dashund." Yeah. I actually announced it through the mic as Datsun. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Datsun. I love the way that you're using terms like fluffy dog. There was fluffy a fluffy dog, dog. There was a fluffy dog. One that looked like he had like a Mohican. But the, the whole thing was supposed to be how good they are with kids. This one was so shy. It wouldn't go near anybody. Did you give it the nod I, anyway? I give it the nod anyway. It's just shy. <laughs> but you know, the best thing about watching Crofts on TV, I watch it every year on TV, is, um, and it is childish, but I make no apology for that, is when they describe a dog and it's a female dog and they'll say something about the dog and they go, and she really is a lovely bitch. Yeah, they don't it. need to do that it's anymore. Funny. It's fantastic. That word's taken on a life of its own. It has. I'm also obsessed with, um, uh, look, the uh, National Institute of uh, Standards and Technology. Okay. <laughs> That's come out of left because field. Because I watched a video on the internet as so many of my interests uh, begin. Uh, basically... It's a place where... Is, is this why you've put something in the running order for me to look at with... It's a YouTube link with the description, literally, dried piss. Yeah, that, that's okay. pretty much it. Well, yeah. I, mean, that's how, I, I didn't click on that. That's how the video opens. Right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll stick on it. I'll stick on the opening, uh, the opening few frames so we can uh, hear it. 
That's an advert for Asda. <laughs> Your video will begin in three, two, one. Discover Mark George. Right, there we go. That's Paul. Pause this chap. You've probably seen this guy before. His name is Tom Scott, uh, but he does some wonderful work online and beyond. Can you see that telly from around it? You can't. 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 I can sort of see it. Yeah, yeah. Sort of see it. Anyway, basically, it's a man in a lab. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, ducats. Dockets. What are the little dockets? Dockets. Basically, a lot of <laughs> shelving with a lot of items on it's it in jars dockets. and stuff. Dockets a lot are pieces of, items, of paper. A lot of items. Well, a lot of items uh, with uh, on, on shelves, basically. Okay. And uh, this is his opening uh, gambit. This is a packet and bottle of freeze dried urine. Thank you very much. There we go. That's all we needed. Start with your best. Get get their attention. <laughs> So what is the point of this, Pete? So it's a so National Institute of Standards it's an Technology. Institute where, it's a place where people can buy materials that have been rigorously checked to be the purest example of that material. Is it a government-run agency? So it's a government-run agency. There are competing brands and stuff, but this is the one run by the US government, and it's fascinating. So that when manufacturers like buy or produce other examples of that same material, uh, they know that the material in question has the same chemical composition uh, as, as the yeah. purest form of that thing. It's usually for, like, calibration purposes, or the, the urine's a good example. If you are testing for um, drug-addled urine it's and stuff like that. basically like a that. control. A yes, it's a control yeah. thing. Okay. And so, so you can buy a, a small vial of uh, freeze freeze dried piss basically mm. for nine hundred and eighty three dollars. That's how much it costs. Not worth it. It's well, it's mainly the certificate that comes along with it. It's not actually the item itself. Mm. It's the certificate that comes along with it. Uh, but it's the National Institute of Standards and Technology, and you could buy uh, like just everything you think so, of. So let me give you an example then. So yeah. if, I, if I find a jar in the back of the cupboard, yeah. and it's got no label on it, <laughs> and I think this this looks to me like crunchy peanut butter, right? If I go to the National Institute of Standards and Technology, yeah. I can get a control of peanut butter. And Check compare, out the chemical composition. Yes, and if it's the same, contrast, yeah. dig in. Ter- <laughs> if it's the same, dig in. Well, dig in both. You've already got the control. If you've ordered the control... It cost me $900. <laughs> I'm not in it all at once. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. All these materials are like really precise examples from like cocaine to the aforementioned powdered piss, peanut butter, <laughs> whale blubber as well. And what I liked about it in the video, the whale blubber is kept in the same place as the peanut butter. So weird. Right. So very weird. I don't know why you'd need a control for whale blubber. Well, apparently, well, it's because they're at the top of the food chain, so that can kind of... Uh, so if you find a whale that's been beached, uh, that's obviously got a, a almost a snapshot of what it's eaten. Because it's the the apex predator, isn't it? I guess it eats everything. Oh, no, whales only eat very small. I'll come on to this in, what, in future what? weeks. But whales only eat very small, like krill or plankton. Depending but it's, on but the it's whale. a good snapshot of what's in the what's yeah, in I the suppose water. so. Yeah, it I just suppose so, yeah. it's garbage. Just it can so it can eat like twenty thousand calories in one swallow or something. I bet, yeah. Well, have I mean, you seen a whale? They are big. They are. They are, <laughs> they are big lads. I mean, aren't they? isn't there known of it for big lads. Being big. Um, <laughs> There was a whale washed up at Leon Solent Beach once. Where, uh, where I'm from. Okay, right, okay. Yeah, just one... one. Seriously, like, 15 years ago, whatever, actually, it's probably longer than that, that's when I was living back down south. Um, say, let's say, how old am I now? About 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I woke up in the morning, mate, mate was like, oh yeah, what are you up to? I said, oh, nothing. Come down to the beach. Said, All right. Went down to the beach, loads of people there. Probably the whole town now. Yeah. It's a very small town anyway. Yeah. Uh, couldn't really see what's happening. Walked down a bit further. A massive whale was, was, had been washed up on the Sunset Beach. It was probably... I mean, it, it's hard to say, but it was massive. Was it dead? Yeah. It, what had happened was, because the Chad, not the Chad, the Solent, yeah. it's quite a busy shipping lane. It had been hit by a, a, like a tanker or a dredger or something and been killed and been washed up. And that to get like about four JCBs to put it on the back of a flatbed truck and drive it off because they can explode. 
Yeah, because well, all of the uh, when, it, when it dies, obviously all the of chemicals the uh, chemicals well. inside uh, creates gas. And um, well, it's mm. happened a few times. Isn't it? But do you remember? I remember when oh, it was a famous video back in the nineties, I think early nineties, where a town had a similar problem. They had this big, bloody, big uh, whale, and they uh, decided to blow <laughs> blow it up with dynamite. Did, See, that's did what I no, want to be a part of. Did no go well. No, I bet it didn't. I it. would, probably, if I saw a whale, I'd probably climb inside. It's gonna help run around. <laughs> There'd be so much room in I there. Mean, they're not that big. They're big enough for me to run around in. Um, Little game of tennis in there. Speaking of that, right, <laughs> this just reminded me of something. Um, when I was in Georgia, right. Atlanta, I went to the Georgia Aquarium. Right. Have you been there? Uh, no, I haven't. It's absolutely amazing, and this just reminded me, they've got four whale sharks in there. They've got a tank so big, it's got four whale sharks that's, in it. That's, that's, I just get one. And um, Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what that. happened. I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened. Um, I put a photo up on my Instagram, actually, so you can see how big they are. And if you don't know how big a whale shark is, which, by the way, is massive. Have you got, um, like, something to compare it to? Like a can of Coke or something? There's loads of people standing in the foreground. <laughs> okay. A can of Coke, yeah. That's how you compare penises. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got time for that now. Would you go to the National Institute of Standards Technology and see what... I'm looking, for, a, I'm looking for the get, dictionary definition <laughs> of a penis, please. Get me a wagger, because yeah. I'm being criticised for my Left, right, and centre. And there were and the whale sh- these, these whale sharks. Um, uh, they were, I think, they were taken from some Taiwanese fishermen or something. And they and um, Georgia Aquarium did a deal with UPS, right? Just so that, UPS, yeah, yeah, yeah the, so, the, the, the the packaging guys. Yeah, and so if you if you ship these over for free, we'll give you a uh, like a sponsor's right or something, or whatever, on the yeah. tank, which they did. And they got a jumbo jet seven four seven, and they adapted it and put the tank in it, and Whoa, yeah, they flew them over. Unbelievable. But the thing that reminded piscine me, sea life. I know, right? UPS. How does it? How does it plane? I'd love to know what the maximum load for a seven four seven is because it seems pretty heavy to me for that to be taken off. It's oh, several, no, you, can, you can keep a lot in there. Well, have you ever? Be. I've ever seen like a, a, the you know when they put the uh, when you put all your bags in the mm. in, in in the hall effectively yeah. on a plane. You like to think that it's like this massive kind of shell that's all organised and stuff. Yeah. It's just literally just Chucked a on. pocket. It's like a pocket that looks like the, it, it actually forms the contours of the actual. So, this, so it's smaller at the sides right, and yeah. bigger at the bigger. You think that there'd be like some organisation? It's not. It's just pile everything as, as quickly as you can. Right. It's really confusing. What were you expecting, though? I was expecting, like, uh, like another level of the plane. You know, like, the the part that you live in, effectively, yeah, okay, for, yeah. for 10 hours or whatever. For, I thought, like, right. another one of them, basically. Depending on how long the flight is. Like, yeah. um, 11. To, to finish the point... Two, five. The, the other, depends where you go. Depends where you go. Um, just to finish the point, uh, the thing that reminded me of it is that, even though a whale shark is, a, is able to, to scoop up huge amounts of krill and, and plankton and stuff in one go, I think it's krill, actually, little tiny shrimps, Right. Um, their esophagus is only the size of a 50 pence piece. So, so it all goes through it's one little through, sort yeah. of tube. It filters through, yeah. So I couldn't climb through it. No. no. I think well, the whale shark isn't as big as, as, you know, obviously like a blue whale or something. You could probably get, you could probably squeeze yourself into an adult whale shark's mouth, but that's as far as you're going. Could I, uh, if I wore um, ice skates, jam my feet uh, through its guts and walk around like it's a suit and go to Comic-Con? <laughs> Is it already dead? Yeah, well, yeah. It has, after I've punctured its guts I don't, with my I, I don't see feet. why not. Okay, I don't right. see why they... It won't be quite and heavy. S- and skate my, <laughs> skate my way through a Comic-Con, leaving, be a great costume. leaving shark entrails everywhere. Smell would be outrageous. It would be. So you, wow. you, you, you were on the National Institute of Standards Technology website and I went to Atlanta and that's that. <laughs> that's that. Let's have some emails. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you 
about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Peter community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening okay. to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of wizard jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? To light your dickhead. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Never argue with the customers, Luke. How many more times? I know, I know. Uh, would you like some emails, yeah, Luke? Yeah, sure. I'll do the first one anyway. All right. Uh, hello, Luke. Hello, Pete. Wrong order. Don't like that. <laughs> uh, about 20 years ago, I was working... This is uh, by R- Richard Bushell, by Richard the way. Bushell. Richard Bushell. Uh, about 20 years ago, I was working away through a pack of love hearts when I got one which had the message, You Pratt. <laughs> Surely not. I let this up and I can't, I can't prove verify this. Verify this. I've, no. I've thought about this every time I've had love hearts since that day, but I've never seen that message or anything similarly abusive ever since. I remember it quite clearly because I was about eight and I asked, had to ask my mum what a prat was. But uh, like Luke with the Kit Kat, as the years have passed, I've started to doubt my memory. Yeah, I've, Has I've, anyone else received a, an abusive love heart message? Please, somebody get, get in, in touch. touch. Hello at LukeandPeatShow.com. Hello yeah. at LukeandPeatShow.com. Um, in America, they're called sweethearts. And they're sold, oh, they're slightly different. They're sold around Valentine's Day. And I was doing a bit of research into them. And they come, the, the, the idea of the tradition of, of love hearts or sweethearts come from things called conversation lozenges. <laughs> Fuck I'm off! I'm being serious. God, it's the conversation lozenges. I'm being serious. Oh, lovely. And they started conversation out... Conversation lozenges! Straight <laughs> <laughs> bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Let's have a chat candy. But, uh, but they started off in, uh, it was like little biscuits with messages written on paper in them. <laughs> you and crap. Then, and there's, yeah, and as, um, as, um, technology advanced, they started printing on the biscuits themselves. But <laughs> what's funny is that, um, uh, I found a website which had some examples of the first messages printed on them. Were these like, uh, like 1930? When was this? I think, was I think, it war- I'm thinking wartime. There's some extreme no, messaging. No, it's before that. Oh, I, right, think, okay. I think late 19th century, I think. Oh, right. Um, so thumbs up for slavery. Listen to, no, listen to this, though. Some of them are really funny. Um, let me find it. Here we go. Right. First one. I am not too young. Oh, young girl, get out of my mind. Another one. Mother knows I am out. Mother knows I'm out? Yeah. What does that mean? Is that like an out of the closet thing, or is it like... Listen, listen to the next one. Can you polka? <laughs> <laughs> oh, polka was big back then. And I've got two more. One is, I'll see you home. Right, all of these are threatening. And the final one's brilliant. Please send a lock of your hair by return mail. Right, that is dreadful. <laughs> Absolutely dreadful. So this is Richard Bushell. <laughs> 
You could, could have done be a lot worse, worse than you prat. Could be worse. Yeah. Can you prat polka? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some new, there's new uh, love hearts that came out a few years ago, and they're all just junk. Uh, I'll read pet. That's the sort of thing you say all the time. Yeah, but I don't want it on my candy, do I? No, I suppose not. Marry me, Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels? Hot Wheels. That doesn't make any sense, That doesn't sense, make any does sense, it? no. Exactly. Uh, take a selfie. Yeah, it's got modern. I hate when I do that stuff. YOLO. Yeah, YOLO. YOLO's on YOLO. there. Yeah, tweet me, Skype me. Miracles happen. 60 years of love. What? I mean, 60 years... Yeah, that is 60 <laughs> years of love. And the, how, how do the Welsh say cuddles? Kutch, 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 yeah, kutch. Kutch, kutch me. Well, so, yeah. That's presumably in, the, in Welsh-only factories. <laughs> well, I don't know. Or Reet Pet. I, I prefer the old ones. But I swear, for a little while, there was one that said, fax me. Oh, and I, that, I that's and true, that was yeah. like, yeah. Jeez. Well, I don't know. You say that, and I'm, I'm sure you're right. But in 15 years' time, people will be laughing at Skype me, won't they? <laughs> well, Skype... Skype it, it's a, How has a brand an, name got on there? It's an unloved brand. I mean, it's useful, and everyone uses it, but I mean, Skype me. It should be conference call me. It, shouldn't it be, should be FaceTime me. It's like putting Hanoi me on instead of PA me. <laughs> you know it's I mean? a brand. It's a brand. Do you want an email in return? I would like an email in return, thank you. Um, hi, guys. This is from Emmett. He says, you guys speaking about the parasite which causes frogs to grow extra limbs reminded me of this little guy. Uh, that that extra limbs thing on the frogs was a couple of few weeks ago. Yes, yeah. Um, he says, Simothoa exigua is Ooh. a type of parasite that enters a fish's gills, eats their tongue, and then replaces it. Jesus. I know, I know it's quite horrible, but I kind of like how smug he looks sitting there with a devious grin, and he's included the photo. And to be fair, it does look quite cute, but that is horrific. <laughs> Love the show, lads. Keep it up. I mean, disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it does look kind of cute, but it does kind of look... It's a bit like uh, uh, the Ninja Turtles with Krang. Yeah, inside, it looks, yeah, it does look inside. a bit like that, yeah. What was the name of the guy that Krang was in? Uh, he's a big muscle man, wasn't he? A big uh, roidy guy, wasn't he? Yeah, what was he called? I can't did remember. Have, did he have cool glasses as well? He had like a weird a futuristic glasses and a belt. Right. And pants. Bebop and Rocksteady had uh, cool glasses, didn't oh, they? Oh, there was a Bebop and Rocksteady at DragonCon. Oh, was there? Yeah, <gasps> yeah, it was good. I get you titles. There was also a, an amazing array of good quality macho man Randy Savages as well, <laughs> which is great to see. Uh, but yeah, anyway, this, this is a, this is a uh, parasite, Pete, that um, replaces a tongue. <laughs> we don't like one of them. I would probably have a, uh, uh, like a Swiss Army knife. Well, if you could replace your tongue with yeah. anything. Yeah, because I'm always looking for... Basically, my micro is broken. The button on it is broken, so I've got to get a screwdriver and jam it in. I mean, it's probably quite dangerous, but I've got a screwdriver that I keep next to the microwave that I jam into the button. Okay. They're about uh, 30 quid microwaves. Say again? They're about 30 pounds well, Yeah, but it's fine. It's part of the button. I would probably replace my tongue, mower. tongue with a toothbrush. That'd be good. Yeah. Or one of those fuzzy brushes you get in airport toilets. Yeah, with the ones you can eat in the little, little bowls. Bowl. Yeah, and they got like yeah. really sort of grimy teeth. They're good. <laughs> disgusting. I've never had one. Of course I bought one. Yeah, of course you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those uh, rings you put around your penis that you get in the condom machine. Well, moving on from that. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in touch with any other sort of tongue replacing parasites yep. or anything else, um, it's hello at lukeandpeacher.com. And don't get in touch with Pete about penises because he's already mentioned them twice this week and I don't want to encourage him any further. More penises! Let there be justice for all. Let them be for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. Good morning, Luke Miller. Yeah, good morning to good you evening. too. It's quite late, actually, isn't it? Yeah. You've, we've both had a long day. It's morning somewhere, mate. I'm full of cold. I'm full of lemsip. Mm. 
Hi, uh, just, uh, I actually bought, uh, from Premanger a clementine. No, a nectarine. Okay, yeah. Uh, a nectarine. And the woman said, uh, would you like me to wash the nectarine for you? Part of the service. Well, she doesn't like nectarine. I don't know. It reminds me of... I and want... also she asked if I needed a receipt. And I was only buying a nectarine. I will never need to prove that I bought a nectarine. Can I, can I bring this back? It doesn't fit. <laughs> and it's dirty. It's dirty. Um, it's dirty. Someone, someone I'm not going to name because it would be unfair to protect the innocent or keep them in anonymous. It's your dad. No, it's not. No. Someone I... I've definitely said it was my dad. So, <laughs> someone, someone I know used to... It's just bizarre behaviour. Used to wash an orange before they peeled it. That's insane. Yeah, because you... We, I, I really wanted to say to them, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. How about that? What do you think about that? Uh, I'm a man behavior. who eats uh, an apple. I eat the core as well. Yeah, That's quite deep. I've, I've, I've seen a, a guy I used to know used to eat the whole apple and use the uh, stalk to pick his teeth. That's that's what that's not good. No. But, yeah. There we go. Fruit fruit behaviours. I saw a man eat a cream egg, uh, and he had like a he ate it in the messiest way possible. He had like a uh, like a handkerchief. And he sort of managed to make a, a literal meal and figurative meal out of eating a flipping cream egg. How did he do that? He just, I don't know, he just had it all over his hands. Like, just put it in your gob, mate, unwrap it, put it in your gob, job done. Get it done, But yeah. he managed to get it, he managed to get about five bites out of one cream egg. Yeah. Madness. Uh, people, it's a big thing, isn't it, for people to be annoyed about other people's eating habits. Yeah. I, I, I actually know someone as well, speaking of cream egg, who didn't used to like chocolate, but liked the cream egg fondant. So you used to bite the top of the cream egg off. <laughs> scoop it out. Scoop it all out of the finger. And then give Not the, the finger. And then put the chocolate in the bin or give it to someone else. Not that anyone else would want to eat it. That, I was at Alexander Palace uh, over the weekend watching Interpol uh, or a little while ago. And uh, he, he, uh, I was getting a drink. And I said, oh, Alexander Palace, I hate it. It's on a hill. It takes ages to get there. You, you either change it wood green or blah, Terrible blah, blah. venue. Terrible. It sounds terrible. It's dreadful. I've seen brand new there. I've seen Interpol there. And I thought both times, dreadful sound. Anyway, uh, when everyone was getting the drink, it just took too long to get bloody drinks. They had two beer machines. Bearing in mind, everyone was just buying lager. Yeah. You know, cheap, crappy lager. Uh, well, expensive, crappy lager. And uh, they've got, like, just two crappy machines. One little uh, urn of beer or, you know, uh, urn. Uh, urn. Urn of bear, beer. Huh? <laughs> My beer. <laughs> uh, and uh, they just had one, one lad, and they're all, like, about six these kids. Kids are about 16, the cabin was kind of 18, I guess. Uh, and they're pressing the button, and the beer's coming out really, really slow. And they're running out of beer. They're just running out of beer. The, 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 the beer is not keeping pace with the amount of people who want the beer. Anyway, and this, this one lad's job was to just take the beer from the person who was pouring the beer and put it on a table <laughs> for other people to serve to the people, the punters who wanted yeah. the beer, right? Was there and a every, bottleneck? Well, there was a massive bottleneck every time. And he would, uh, at one point, because it was all plastic uh, glasses, <laughs> he would pick up the, uh, the, the beer and it would squeeze slightly so the foam would get on his finger. And every time, I watched him do this 20, 30 times, he would would lick his finger. That's outrageous. He would lick the beer off his finger. Was get a nice little buzz. Was he pissed? Well, uh, presumably <laughs> after all that. But he would. But I wouldn't care. Like his supervisor was watching him, t- like talking to him while he was licking his hand. I was like, "Stop licking your flipping hand, mate!" How we, we're allowed to throw on the show, by the way. Fucking hand. <laughs> I went for a gin and fucking ton- tonic anyway. So how, Pete? How um how um. How expensive was it to buy beer in Alexandra Palace? The reason I ask that is because, because, last time I went to um, Alexandra Palace, I don't think they had a licence, and they used to give you vouchers, and you had to go and exchange the voucher for a beer. And, it was, and the whole thing was so <laughs> tedious, it was unreal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was for two lagers, it was in the, in the ten quids. Yes, yeah, It was about 12 quid, I think. Expensive. Like when, why did you start talking about that? I can't even remember. I can't remember now. Oh, uh, um, washing nectarines. Oh, yeah. Washing oranges. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mencarta, though. Mencarta. Mencarta. Well, yeah. Andrew Tate's come up with this uh, entry for this uh, this week's uh, Mencarta. Would you like to read it out? Because I, I, I realise that I'm incredibly uh, stuffy-nosed, so yeah. I, I, find, I find myself rather uh, hard to listen to at the moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Apologies. Um, little, no, that's all right. Um, I think they'd prefer me anyway. L- a little, um, little email here from Andrew Tate. Have you, already, have you already said that? No. Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. He says, Hi, lads. This is fast becoming a favourite show of mine, so thanks for putting it together every week. Oh. Well, that's a sort of that's a sort of opening you're going to get, it's going to get you it's in the show. It's going to get you yeah. right, isn't it? It's going to get you um, right out. He says, uh, I love the Baltic states of Estonia, Lithuania, and Latvia in the same way Pete loves all things Japanese and Luke adores Southampton. Ah. See what you do there. See what you've done there, mate. Ah. Uh, he said, I'd like to tell you two stories that we don't really know about in this country. First, I'll tell you about the Baltic Way, also known as the Baltic Chain. Ooh. On 23rd of August 1989, to mark the 50th anniversary of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact between Soviet Russia and Nazi Germany, two million people formed a human chain across Estonia, Lithuania and Latvia in peaceful protest at the continuing occupation of their countries by the Russians. Two million people. Um, All got together. The last occupying forces left the Baltic states in, I think, 1994. Um, some locals in the region I talked to take this later date to be the end of World War II. Uh, he said, it amazes me and inspires me that so many people would risk their few freedoms and maybe more uh, to become what we consider free. Now, I looked at this um, Baltic chain. I mean, it's over 400 miles long. <laughs> and in 1989, pre-internet, exactly. how did everyone get together? Exactly. There is, it's there a hell is, of a flash mob. To put that in perspective, that is like a single unbroken chain of human beings from London to Glasgow. Mm. And I know that because I drove to Glasgow fairly recently. It was just over 400 miles. So <laughs> there you go. And every few feet I throw out a person. <laughs> I did not. I was nothing to do with it. And he says, secondly, the Forest Brothers were the generic name for locals of the Baltic states who disappeared into the forests when first the Nazis and Soviets, then the Nazis, then finally the Soviets swept across the region. They may have been fleeing religious or economic persecution, fought for the wrong side, or various other reasons. There were tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of people at one time or another hiding out in the den forests. Some did form uh, small sabotage bands and attacked the occupiers. A large proportion formed resistance bands actively fighting the opposition forces. At one point, the authorities calculated up to a third of the population of the region was supporting these forest brothers. They were mainly wiped out by the early 50s, sadly. Uh, he said, the person I want to draw your attention to, however, is what considered to be the last forest brother who remained hidden from the authorities for over 50 years. Janus Pinups, yes, real name, deserted the Red Army in 1944 <laughs> and hid in the forest near his home till 1995. Wow. Only his closet family... Closet? Only his closest family <laughs> and friends knew his location and later his real identity when he had to get medical help. Um, so yeah, from 1944 to 1995, Janus Pinups uh, was the last forest brother who deserted the Red Army in 1944 and I read up about this. The reason... It, check this out. This is quite interesting. So he was in a battle right. for, for, for the Red, with, with the Red Army, uh, with the Soviets, and he um, received a concussion and was knocked out. Right. And when he woke up, everything had gone. But the, the battle had moved on. He was just on his own. Oh, well, so it must have just looked like a corpse, maybe. Basically, yes. Yeah. So I guess dead. the dead bodies lying around and all sorts of horrific stuff like that. But he just woke up and was like, well, I'm not going to go find the battle again. I'm <laughs> off. And he just, I just walked off. And, and, never, and, never, and essentially, I guess, he, I guess he saw it as a perfect time to sort of desert from the army. And, and, and he disappeared into the forest and that was that. And he... Um, there was also, apparently, according to, according to the, the account I read, he uh, was very, very careful and wasn't ever seen outside uh, during the day or anything like that. Um, and he built a series of underground bunkers to maintain his, uh, his uh, anonymity. Amazing. But in the 80s, right, check this out. In the 80s, so you know, a good 30 or 40 years later, he, <laughs> he 
accidentally, or for some reason, he had to be outside during the day, and he walked, ended up walking past a bus stop. Right. And there was a man waiting at the bus stop, and he recognised him. He was like, are you, uh... And he was like, no. Oh, I'm sure you're... And he was, you look exactly like him. No, no, no. And just legged it, and he never went back again. And it was, only, it was only, it was only in, in the, um, the mid-90s. I think he, I think he might have broken his ankle or something like that. Right. Um, or... or or the um, the occupying forces finally left, and and it was all taken care of. That he was able to then sort of come out and say what had happened. Is yeah. that how the Jungle Brothers were made? It is, yeah. And they're now, known, yeah, and, and he formed the hip hop group the Jungle Brothers. And what an it. incredible uh, story! I think he died in about two thousand four, so about almost fifteen years ago. Probably from like a, a really city disease, <laughs> like yeah. nothing he could have caught in the forest. Well, you've probably caught it. Probably, I've yeah, you, probably you're got always ill, Peter. Yeah. What Sorry, do you think about sniffles. that, Donaldson? Um, I'm up for it. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not suggesting what, we do it. What I'm saying is that, that, that I think uh, running into the forest and living in the forest isn't really an option for us. You know, if, if something, I, I just think it's nice that that's an option for a lot of people. If shit goes down, I'm running for the forest. The, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think. Which forest would you pick out of all of the many we have in the UK? Well, it's, it's difficult because the national parks in England are. I mean, you, the national parks in England are sort of. Lived in, they've got villages and towns in them anyway. Yeah, and you know, if you if you went to some like the centre parks, it's important. I mean, you can go to Epping Forest. I mean, you can't. Yeah. You're not more than about twenty metres away from the road at any point in Epping Forest. <laughs> Somewhere like Scotland, you'd be too cold. Yeah, I mean, so God, that's the thing, isn't it? We hear about people surviving. That we talked a number of weeks ago about a couple of guys surviving in the Viet, uh, the Cambodian jungle yeah. for fifty years. I mean. It's impossible to imagine someone like you or I doing it because we just don't have any of the basic skills of finding the clean water, starting a fire. Um, I read the other day you can start a fire with a battery. You can just use it, get a piece of wire. That's the thing. It said you can start it with with a battery, but you need a piece of wire. Well, in the forest. The place <laughs> literally you don't get any wire in the well, forest. Well, if, if you're wearing like a, uh, a watch or a belt or, I don't know, you get. We, I'm sure you could unwrap the terminals and, to be honest, the foil that they wrap batteries in is probably metallic and probably conductive. One of the best ever Breaking Bad episodes is, uh, is it called Four Days Out? Right. Remember that episode? Where they go out into the um, the boondocks and they cook meth in the, in, in the RV, the crystal ship. Right. And um, they... I mean, just one thing leads to another, and the and the, and the generator packs up. So oh no! I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what happens. They accidentally start a fire, and the generator well, the generator catches fire, and Jesse chucks all the water over the over the over the generator, which shorts <laughs> it out, and they're stuck there. It's a brilliant episode, and and Walt get, fashions together like a battery. Isn't it really annoying that I uh, I loved Breaking Bad, and I love all these shows, but uh, the only episode I can remember was the one with the fly in it. Oh yeah, the, the most unloved. Episode, but isn't, kind isn't, of like, is that an example of a particular type of TV series episode? Yeah, where they have to save a, money for another show, oh, episode. Yeah. Oh no, I think it's. I think it's just. It's just. It's just the writers uh, flexing their chops, so to speak. Is it called like a uh, a lift episode or a cupboard episode or something like that? I know, like the League of Gentlemen, the show that they did after the League of Gentlemen, they did one just in a cupboard, uh, and I think they did a silent movie sh- one as well where nobody spoke. Uh, but I can't remember. It's called something like a, a, a capsule episode. Or Sort of like that. Right, okay, because it's, 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 I, I actually thought it was quite interesting, but I, I assumed, because I've often suspected with um, with um, Doctor Who, right. which is quite a high-budget TV series, but it's a BBC show, right? Yeah. So they have to save money somehow. Somebody, yeah. So if they want to do a big finale, they sometimes, I think, will do a, a really sort of low-budget episode, to, I, I imagine, to save money. And I always thought Fly, which for those of you who haven't seen it, um, oh, I, won't, I won't spoil you with... with but but basically, they're stuck in a lab m- making meth, and there's a fly 
in the, in, in the uh, lab and they're worried it's going to contaminate the meth. Yeah. So they end up spending the whole episode trying to catch the fly, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I essentially, I, I just viewed it as a money-saving exercise. But I'm also fairly sure that um, a lot of people think it's you know, one of the best episodes of TV ever because it's so tightly written. Mm. But nothing. Well, ha- essentially, nothing happened. No, in it. exactly. I mean, a, a, a lot of it was like uh, what films I watching. Uh, Hateful Eight. Mm. That was quite. That's kind of like similar, isn't it? So it's set in one place. Isn't I, it? I, you know what? I just think um, this is another conversation entirely. But I think that Tarantino these days so self indulgent. It's unreal. Well, I mean, that, he, that, that, that film was about an hour long than it should have been. <laughs> well, he sort of uh, likes to remind people of uh, different genres that nobody really remembers anymore. Uh, he's really obsessed with like Japanese cinema and old spaghetti westerns and stuff. And he brings these sort of characters. To, to be fair, though, he, bring, he brings these kind of characters back, uh, actors back that uh, perhaps don't have much of a career anymore. It gives them a yeah, I, shot I, in the arm. I don't, but I don't think any of those things you just listed are a reason to make a film three and a half hours long. I mean, no. just, just just have it a little bit shorter. I, I, thought, I, I, I didn't think it was time. that bad to be honest. I think, I think most films are too long anyway. I do. And there's too many films around, isn't it? <laughs> basically. I think this podcast is too long. I agree. Let's, let's get, stop get the, it. Let's get the hell out of it. Let's stop uh, it, man. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with uh, Luke and Pete Shaw number 16. Hot diggity dog. See you later. See you later. Give us an email. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I leave I leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to Battle druids in wizard duels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of wizard duel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead.